So have you figured it out yet? I'm walking around shaking hands and people are like, hey, you left the first thing blank. What book's it found in? That's what you're supposed to tell me. Where's the fruit of the Spirit found? Say it. Galatians. Galatians. So fill that in there. That's the first thing. You're already ahead of the game. Some of you were, I saw you, you were taking your Bibles out looking at every single five Starting with the verse being like, oh, that's it, that's it, I got it. If you started in Genesis, you had a long way to go. But anyway, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5. Been thinking and just praying about uh, what to do in our time together when we're able to have our joint services. And I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to use for what I call an entry-level, I guess you'd say an entry-level Bible study. We know it's getting harder and harder for people to make it every single week and, and every single Wednesday. And, and I thought, well, if we just do something that all they have to do is be faithful once a month, maybe that'd help them out, okay? So we are going to take once a month, when we get together in our joint service, we are going to be uh, walking through the fruit of the Spirit and looking at, honestly, understanding the fruit of the Spirit. So if you know of somebody that's like, man, I'd really like to get into church, but I'm just can't be there all the time, just say, hey, I got something for you. If you'll just come the one, one time a month, one time a month, you'll be able to follow along in this study, okay? So if you are actually watching, which I, I was on and when sharing the devotion today, actually challenged even people that get the daily devotions that if you can't be here tonight to be watching on Facebook Live. So if you're watching on Facebook Live, I hope you're able to follow along with us, uh, get some a notepad and some paper, try to take some notes. You'll always remember more if you do that. But we're going to be looking at understanding the fruit of the Spirit out of Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16. I'm going to ask if you would, let's stand together as we honor the reading of God's Word. Let's begin our reading together. So as I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and just in case it didn't cover everything, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, That those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentle, or excuse me, love, joy, peace. I have patience, but some say long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, Let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for tonight and the opportunity that we have to come together and to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. And God, I just pray that as we have this time to dive into your word, that Lord, you just, God, I pray that your spirit would make himself known. God, I know that you live in and among us as a gift that we get when we come to know Christ in a real way. And God, I pray that that spirit would speak loudly to our hearts, even to our souls tonight that we may grow in our relationship with you. God, I pray that if there's one person in this room that lacks that relationship, that might have religion, but not a true relationship with you, that tonight would be the night of salvation for them, that your Holy Spirit would reveal truth. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. Did anybody else hear my phone go off just a second ago? That's awesome. That's awesome. Let that be a reminder to silence your cell phones. That's good. We're going to look at a few things, um, that what, and we've got to kind of go back. I really, we're going to spend the majority of our time um, studying, actually, the verses, particularly dealing with the fruit of the Spirit. But uh, we've got to look at context beforehand and dealing with what Paul's talking about as he's addressing the Galatians and, and, and trying to help them to understand a truth about the Spirit of God coming to live inside you. Okay, guys, when we're growing up, I love the way this child puts it. You tell a child when they get saved that Jesus comes to live inside them. Have you ever told a child that? Okay, I've told a child that. Okay, and I'm probably not the only person. Children are amazing at just saying things like that. I mean, they they have no filter, right? They have no filter, and then they, you know, children have no filter, and then they begin to develop a filter, and then the older they get, 
Guys, just to be honest, when you're a senior adult, you have no filter either, okay? It's just, the filter's gone, all right? So it just kind of revolves, but uh, I love they just say what they think, and uh, there's a child, and I know that I've heard other ministers say this, I think it's funny that children think the same way, but I had a child actually tell me, I was at, he, I, it was at Victory, it was pastor, and I said, Jesus comes to live inside you, and he's like, uh, Brother Nathan, well, isn't, you, you talk about Jesus being so big, that Jesus is a big God, and I said, yes, Jesus is, Jesus is big, he's like, well, you say he's like, you know, as big as the whole universe, and he's everywhere, and I said, yes, he's as big as the whole universe, he's everywhere, so if Jesus comes to live inside me, won't he stick out? Now, that's wisdom from a kid, you know what I'm saying? Because, yes, if Jesus comes to live inside you, by all means, yes, he will stick out, okay? And this is a principle that we teach people, and then we talk about things like fruit of the Spirit, and then like, so I want you to kind of understand, if we're going to really understand the fruit of the Spirit, we've got to comprehend the beginning sections that he deals with, because he talks about a difference or a battle that takes between the flesh and the spirit, okay? So we're going to look at that at the beginning. So the first thing that I want you to write down, if you read our text, you probably could have figured this out. But the first thing I want you to write down is that a battle must be waging. There's, a, there's an understanding of the fruit of the spirit. You need to understand first that if Jesus comes to live inside you, a battle must be waging. That means when you got saved, the, the battle didn't end, the battle began. Before then, there was no battle. Before then, you were a slave to sin. Uh, guys, we were, we were dead in our trespasses and sin. And then when Jesus comes and quickens us, he makes us alive. That is when the Spirit of God comes to live inside us. And then a battle begins. Now, that battle begins with two things. The first thing I want you to write down under a battle must be waging is the old nature. You could put next to that sin nature, but that it talks about that when we walk in the Spirit, there's going to be a battle that begins to take place between the flesh with longs for things and then the Spirit. Guys, when you get saved, if a battle doesn't begin, then you got to go back to the fact that you didn't get saved. I know this sounds kind of harsh, but it's the reality of salvation. God doesn't just say, well, I'm going to save you and later come in and begin to work in your life. No, he will work in your life. Now, I know some people, the process may be longer, but there is going to be a battle that begins to wage in your life between what? The old nature and number two, the new. Okay, the old nature and the new nature. So you could write next to old nature, your sin nature, but then you could write next to the new nature is the new you or you'd call the spirit, okay? A battle begins to happen. Now, listen, guys, it doesn't matter what age you were saved at, okay, whether it was young, whether it was old, when you got saved, a battle began to wage inside you. You didn't ask for it to. You don't have to, guys, there doesn't have to be an effort on your part for that battle to wage, because, listen, the role of the Spirit of God is to wage that war with your flesh. That is his job, okay? And now when you've got people that say, oh, I belong to Jesus, but there's no battle inside them against their flesh, all that's really happening is they are deceiving themselves. That's why it's so important. You can't really discuss possessing fruit of the Spirit in your life until you first recognize whether or not the Spirit's even inside you. Guys, if a battle is not waging in you against the old flesh, then the Spirit never came in in the first place. Guys, this goes back to 1 John. Guys, if you look, if you'll read 1 John, it's written so that we may know, that we know for a fact. Okay, these things I've written to you that you may know that you have eternal life, right? K-N-O-W, that means I know for sure that I belong to the Lord. And because of that, it says like one of the things it talks about, it talks about change attitude towards sin, but it in specific talks about the gift of the Holy Spirit, Right? That that presence of the Spirit in your life is evidence that you belong to Him. So guys, if we're going to first understand the fruit of the Spirit, if we're going to uh, even understand how to get that, you first have to recognize that there has to be a battle waging inside you. It's got to be. That the, the flesh and the Spirit war against each other. That's how the text says. It says it even like that. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, verse 17, and the spirit against the flesh. And notice this wording. And they are contrary to one another, which means they cannot be at peace. Did you hear what I just said? They cannot be at peace. These people who come to peace with their sin, they're like, well, I've just come to accept that this is the way that I am. Ooh, 
Brother Ron is the only one that goes, oh, I've just come to believe this. I've just come to accept that this is the way that I am. Do you know what that means? The spirit does not exist because it is contrary. It will never allow us to accept that that's just the way that it is. It will always war against that thing. Now, you may try to shut it up. You may try to drown it. You may try to do whatever, but the spirit will always war with the flesh. And that's what it's saying here. It's giving us a picture that in salvation that our, the spirit constantly wages with the flesh itself, the two natures. But I want you to recognize this. The two natures still exist in you. Now, did you hear what I said, Christians? Both natures still exist in you. One does not die, okay? It is just that the new nature comes to life. Before you were dead in trespasses and sins, okay? We were dead in our sin, but then when Christ quickens us and the Spirit of God comes to live inside us, the Spirit comes alive, but the flesh does not die. He's still there. You will wrestle, you will wage war with the flesh. Guys, it's the exact reason why Paul, even toward the end of his life, says the words, I have fought the good fight. What is he fighting? Constantly fighting. He would say of himself that he believed himself to be the chief of what? Sinners. He still struggled with sin in his life because why? The old nature doesn't die. It doesn't. You have to wage war with it to win. Okay? That's what the flesh does. The flesh begins to constantly, the spirit begins to constantly wage war with the flesh. So no, number three there, that the two are present and opposite. You need to recognize if you're going to understand through the spirit, you need to know that the flesh still exists in you. It is still there. Guys, that's why the scripture says things like to not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, lest you also fall. Guys, never think that the flesh is dead because it's not. People who live their life that way become foolish. People say, well, I'm not going to fall into that temptation. And they put themselves into the place of that temptation. And then they're shocked out of their wits why they fall. Why? Because the flesh still exists. It's why we say things like when we see people fall into a sin or somebody falls into something. It's why Christians typically, and I think we should say, there but for the grace of God, there, there go I. I would be the same place if it wasn't for the grace of God. And guys, that's a reality, Okay. This helps you with a number of things. It helps you to know where you are personally, but also helps us to know how to work with other believers. Because other believers' flesh is still alive. Okay, That flesh is still alive. Those people aren't going to be perfect, which is why even in one of the fruit of the Spirit, or you don't say one because they kind of come as a cluster, but we'll get to that in a second. But it's like even one of those is that we would be patient, meaning that we would work with one another, understanding that sometimes growth is slow. Okay? So those are the first things that a battle must be waging and that we recognize there's an old nature, there's a new nature. We also recognize that both are still present. Both are present in us right now. Young people, you've got an old nature. Even if you, even if you gave your life to Jesus, you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, the old nature is still there. Which is why the Bible tells us to be cautious about where it is that we go, what it is that we see. And be careful about the places that we put ourselves in. Because the flesh is still exists, it's still there. They were constantly waging battle. The spirit is waging battle with that, that flesh. Number two, I want you to see that the old nature is clearly seen. And the reason I said clearly seen, you could say evident because that's what the text says. The text in verse 19 says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which means clearly seen. You know, I find it interesting in our culture today that people don't know how to call sin, sin. Do you see what I'm saying? Like they're like, oh, I don't know about that one. Well, why don't you know about that one? Because the Bible says that the works of the flesh or the lust of the flesh are clearly seen. Not like, oh, it's kind of a gray thing, but clearly seen. And then it goes on to name them. Now, I love how it names all kinds of things because, um, guys, it's like he's, and some of that the Galatians were dealing with, okay? I think he's mentioning a lot of these because there's specific people that he even knows that might be struggling in those areas. So he's like, man, he's just like, you know, machine gunning this thing, just covering everything. But then don't you love it at the end? In case he didn't cover it, he just said, well, and anything like this. That's what he says. But that it's clearly seen. 
Some people tell me, you know, Brother Nathan, you seem to be kind of dogmatic because there's, there's an individual that came to me and they, they, they say that they believe that their sin is okay. God's give, that, that their sin, they're accepting a sin, that this is a lifestyle that they can accept, that God loves me this way. Except the Bible specifically says it is sin. And I told them, well, you don't belong to Jesus. And people are like, well, you can't tell a person that. According to the Bible, yes, you can. Yes, you can. If you do not have evidence of the Spirit of God in your life, regardless of what you think, how religious you are, whether your daddy was a preacher, whether, guys, whether you were born in the baptistry, for crying out loud, it doesn't matter. If your life has no evidence of belonging to Jesus Christ, guess what? You ain't his. Now, we don't like that. We don't like that. We're like, well, you know, you got to give room for that. No, actually, you don't. Even Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them. Just look at the, what their life produces. Guys, we have people that their life produces adultery. Their life pr- produces idolatry. They're, they're worshiping everything else except God. They, can't, they have no time for him. They've got no time to get in the world. Everything is more important. That is idolatry. And we say of those people, oh, they're just backslidden. Hello? It's quiet in here. Thought it might be. You see, the scriptures, guys, it's painted a picture. Paul's not mincing words because he would later say, hey, listen, I've told you this before. He said, uh, and the like of which I tell you, verse 21 right there in the middle, beforehand, just as I also told you in time past. He said, I've said this once and I'll say it again. He's like, listen, guys, listen. He is pleading with these Galatians. He is pleading with these people. The people who are reading this letter are in a church. Did you not know that? They are in a church, and he is pleading, just like I've told you before, that those who practice, meaning habitually do, practice is something means that they, that is the, that is the fruit of their life. Adultery is the fruit of their life. Idolatry is the fruit of their life. Guys, contentions is the fruit of their life. Anger and, and wrath is the fruit of their life. Gossip is the fruit of their life. Guys, when those things become evident in a person, he says, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It means they bought into a lie. They think their church or whatever the fact that they come every once in a while because they're better than Joe Blow and everybody else. Well, I'm just better than that person. And so they gauge themselves like that. And yet the reality is they have no passion for the things of God, no passion for the word of God, no passion for the preaching of the word of God, no passion to know Christ in themselves. Their life's constantly producing sin after sin after sin. And then they come into a church, try to act holy for a little while and convince themselves they're okay. And guys, sometimes we don't, we, don't, we don't react enough like Paul did to simply tell people, is it hard to tell a person that you love, hey man, you just got no fruit, I don't think you're saved. Good way to lose a friend, isn't it? Or it's a good way to save a friend. We're afraid to tell people, I see no fruit in your life. We're afraid to tell people, man, according to the word of God, I'm just, I'm concerned. Even just to say I'm concerned, to, to have some sort of spiritual conversation with those people. Guys, we can't understand, really understand the fruit of the Spirit and why we either may or may not have that until we recognize that there has to be a conversion in our life. There has to be a point where the Spirit of God came to live in us and then begin to wage war with our flesh. Guys, it's evident throughout the entire Scripture. Every person who ever came to know Jesus in a real way was radically different. Now, sometimes they would, you could see that they'd kind of drift kind of back and forth. I mean, you look at Peter. Peter had his stupid moments, okay? Peter had his denial. Peter had that stuff. What? His flesh was still alive. His flesh was still alive. But in the end, what was the fruit of Peter's life? Do you see what I'm saying? The fruit of Peter's life proved that he was an authentic believer. Guys, we talk about, uh, you know, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Wee little man was he. Look at the fruit of his life. Look at the fruit of his life. We talk about, look at all these conversions that take place in the Bible and look at the fruit of their life. Was it that they're perfect? No. Was it they didn't make mistakes? No. Was it that they didn't sin? No. But the fruit of their life showed the reality of who they belong to. And guys, that's what we have to get to, the fruit of our life. What does it say? The Bible talks about, we, we say this phrase, being a fruit inspector. But what does the fruit of my life reveal about myself? about who I really belong to. The old nature is clearly seen. 
which number one there is the flesh is naturally evil. You need to understand that. Okay? Some of us are in danger of thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to. You think you can go to that party, guys, and not sin, but you will. Because your flesh is inherently evil. Guys, if you, if you question this at all, everybody in this room has to think, did anybody's parent in this room teach them to lie? If they did, nobody's raising their hands, apparently. We're not bad because of all of a sudden. You know, my parents never taught me to lie. I kind of did that all on my own. You know, I didn't, my parents didn't teach me to be selfish. I learned that all on my own. I think the first words that kids speak, especially when they have siblings, is mine. That's what we say. And it doesn't matter if it's, whether, if it's yours or not. I love that about kids. Isn't that funny? Like they get a toy they haven't played with in like 37 years. You know what I'm saying? Like there's this toy that sits there. But the second a sibling goes to play with it, they're like, oh, that's mine. Nobody taught us to do that. Why? Because our flesh is inherently evil. Nobody teaches you to lie, guys. Nobody teaches you to lust. Those are natural, those are what, guys? That is our flesh. That is our flesh coming out. Our flesh is inherently evil. Listen, if somebody comes and tells you, like, everybody's born, they're just a blank slate, we're inherently good, have never read the Bible. We're not inherently good. We are inherently evil, which is why, guys, we are bound from hell from birth. The Bible says that, man, that we inherit his sin. Now, I'm, I'm not going to get into all this age of accountability and all that stuff. I know children who pass before then, he's in God's hands. I don't have time to do that. That is entirely another sermon. The reality is we are born into sin. Nobody had to teach us to sin. We are sinners by nature. Why? Because we are slaves to our flesh. And our flesh, whether you like it or not, is evil. Which means you have to say this to yourself, which will hurt you. I am evil at heart. Doesn't that hurt to even say it? We almost cringe. We're like, ugh. But that's sort of, not sort of, isn't that where you have to finally become or finally get to? Before you can even realize you need to be saved in the first place. Guys, if you're saying the whole time, well, I'm not really that bad, then guess what? You're really not to the place where you can be saved. Because you have to see yourself for who you are, which is inherently evil and without hope. And listen, guys, bound for hell. And if it wasn't for Christ, that's exactly where you'd go. And you deserve to go there. Inherently evil. We're not a blank slate inherently good. It says that. That it's inherently evil. And that's why it says it. That the works of the flesh are evident. And every one of these, just evil, 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 just naturally evil. Backbiting, stirring up things. I'll tell you, some of you guys, let me tell you, some of you guys, you need to repent because of what I call the pot stirring on Facebook. Some of you, sometimes I'm reading your Facebook post and I'm getting a picture of like one of those old witches just sitting there stirring. <laughs> I do. And I'm like, oh! And I almost want to comment on there, stop it! We're stirring the pot. I mean, something's said. And, and guys, I know, politics, they're all stupid, okay? They are. Can we not just admit that? They're all dumb, and probably none of them deserve to be there, okay? But we're not going to fix it by stirring something on Facebook. Not. It's like, it's like in our nature, it's like, oh, like, it's almost like we want to get on somebody's nerves. Like, hey, 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 I can get under this person's skin. Guess what? That's your flesh. God's not up there going like, hey, get under that person's skin. It's not happening. It's recognizing that we are inherently, guys, inherently evil. But, praise God, something else exists. It says, but the Spirit, number two, reveals truth. The Spirit reveals truth. It is Spirit that reveals to me my evil. It is Spirit that reveals to me, no, don't do that. It is Spirit that brings a conviction when I'm thinking about typing something or brings conviction when I'm thinking about stealing something or brings conviction. It is there, it is present in the life of all believers. Guys, can I tell you something? Isn't it interesting that we talk about how powerful our God is? He's so powerful, he's so strong, he can do miracles. And then we say he comes to live inside you, but then he's weak. He can't convict. He doesn't talk. He doesn't bring a stirring in your soul. That is so backwards from what the Bible says. That the Spirit of God comes and it says a literal picture is that they began to wage war with each other. The Spirit starts throwing down on the flesh. Here we go. Whack! And he starts whacking. And if you think that the flesh is stronger, also read your Bible, okay? The Bible says the flesh is what? Anybody know that text? The flesh is... Weak. It says it's weak. 
But the Bible says the spirit is ready, which is a good Greek word for stronger. Flesh is weak. Spirit is stronger. So we look at these two things are present. i got to recognize that both exist in my life. Because if I'm going to begin to try to walk in these, the fruit of the Spirit, I have to recognize first that, guys, my flesh is not dead. It exists and there's a war that is waging inside my soul between the Spirit and the flesh. I need to recognize that the flesh is evil and that it is only the Spirit of God that begins to real, reveal truth in my life. So let's move to the last thing. I want to talk about the truth about fruit. The truth about fruit. The text as it leads in there talks about, just remember, that people who practice these things, and practice doesn't mean occasionally do, okay? Learn the difference. Practice doesn't mean that you've never committed any of those sins. Because I believe everybody in this room at some point in time has practiced idolatry. We have worshipped something other than Jesus. Whether we like that or not, we just have. Something has, the Bible talks about, guys, to not worship him in spirit and truth technically is a sin, okay? So we're, we're dealing with the fact that we know that we sin, that these things are present. It's not that that stuff doesn't exist, but it's not a habitual part of our life, meaning that it's not the fruit of our life. So then he goes into this, understanding the truth about fruit. First is, I want you to write down, it is singular, not plural, now, we're not going to get into a bunch of this today. We're really only going to be able to cover uh, just right here this, this first kind of phrase in verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, not fruits of the Spirit. So, guys, I want you to get a picture in your mind of fruit of the Spirit. It is not a bowl of fruit where you got an apple, you got a banana, you got an orange, you got a pear, you got a kiwi. I'm running out of fruits, okay? I mean, I'm trying to get to nine and I'm not getting there, okay? I mean, I know they're there. It's more like a cluster of grapes, okay? Anybody like grapes in this room? I love grapes. They're my favorite, unless they have seeds. But I like, I like grapes. But it's, it, that's, the, that's a biblical picture. It's not that it's a bunch of different fruit in a bowl that you can pick. It's a cluster of grapes all together, okay? So it's, it is a singular fruit, meaning this. This is an incredible thought, meaning that when we walk in the Spirit... We possess all of them. Guys, this doesn't mean as a Christian, man, I'm just working on love, but I sure don't have any patience. Now, this goes contrary to how we think, doesn't it? Because most of us in this room are not patient, okay? Me included. I am. I'm like, Lord, teach me patience and hurry up, okay? That's me, right? So, like, we're, but it says when we begin to walk in the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit is to, this is, this is what I want you to get excited about in this study. This is how you can live. Okay? This is how you can live. What did it say? With love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness. You can live your life like that. That's what he's saying. He's saying that, man, to have, to have the fruit of the Spirit is to possess all. That when your life, when you're walking with the Spirit of God, you're walking in the Spirit, your life produces all of these things. Man, that, isn't that an incredible thought? I mean, I don't know, but man, I, I, want, I want that in my life. I want that in my life every day to, to, have, to have peace every day, patience every day, kindness every day. So when it paints this picture, he's not saying that, well, I'm going to work on your love first and then I'm going to begin working on something. No, he's like, hey, when you begin to walk in the Spirit, that we begin to grow all of these at the same time. That's an incredible thought. That's how we can live. So I, I, we're going to try to address them generally. Um, I, I don't know how it's going to go because love's got a whole lot there. And so I want to kind of give you three breakdowns of how they, how they kind of break down, all right? The first three, love, joy, peace, okay? The first three deal with what I call um, their general, okay? Those are, those are generalities in our life. That we're living a life that's, that's full of love, that's full of joy, that's full of peace, okay? So there's some, some general fruit. What you'd say a, a, an aspect of those aspects are general, but then it gets a little more specific. The next group, or they'd call the next three, they're actually relational. They deal more with our relationships. You notice it switches from love, joy, peace, to then it talks about patience, it talks about kindness. It deals with a lot about our relationships, being with patience, kindness, and goodness. And then it goes to turning from generals to, a pers- or to relational, dealing with how we deal in other relationships or how we deal with other people or even other believers or in particular even the world. But then it goes to then 
coming to their actually personal. They're coming to be something that's a little more personal. And that's when it talks about things like faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Meaning that we are actually in control of selves. Uh, guys, that is a life that is, of course, when we dive into that life that is focused on holiness. And it just gets a little bit deeper. So as we, as we begin to unwrap, unwrap understanding of what the fruit of the Spirit is, I want, I want you to, to, to look ahead of time, okay? You have an entire month till we come together to be reading this small text. An entire month to take and say, hey, uh, w- one, of my, one of my burdens in this was, guys, that you would actually have opportunity to do what the Bible tells us to do, to not just think on the Word, but to meditate on it which means to stir it and mull it over. You've got a whole list of things that's going to be on this piece of paper, okay, things for you to look at. Uh, guys, the Bible uh, even explains that one of, the, one of the good qualities of a church is that they simply didn't just take the guy at his word, but they actually went home and got in the word and tested it. Guys, I want you to take that piece of paper home and use it as an opportunity to, for you to dive deeper in your understanding. Guys, look at the text itself. Does it say what I just told you it says? Does it really say there's a battle that's supposed to be taking place in you? Does it really say that if, you're, if your life bears the fruit of the flesh that you don't belong to him? I want you to look at those things. Dive into the word of God so that, guys, the next time we come together, we're that much more prepared and that much more ready to dive into his word to find the truth that it is. Because, guys, the truth about the fruit of the spirit, the ultimate thing that I want you to leave with today The ultimate thing that I want you to leave with today is, listen, if a battle's not existing in you, if the battle is not there, then I love you in the Lord, but you don't belong to him. I don't care how long you've been in religion. I don't. Guys, people are missing a relationship with God every day because the presence of the Spirit is not there. They're constantly trying to find things. They're constantly trying to find fulfillment in other things. And they wonder why, man, I just can't. They wonder why the God stuff doesn't do it for them. It's because, guys, the, the Spirit of God's not there. That battle has to take place. But not only that, I, I want it to be a challenge for you and examine and, hey, man, I, guys, we always say that. It's, that's not an unspiritual thing, guys. That's not a, something we should look at as saying he's insulting me by wanting me to look. Doesn't the Bible tell us that even, Paul said, I examine myself daily to see if I'm of the faith. He said, I want to make sure that I, I've got this thing. This isn't a bad thing. This is good for us. To make sure, listen, I want, God, I want to see that your spirit is in my life. I want to see that I, I have this new man that is alive in me. And God, if I'm, if I'm stifling that new man, if I'm not feeding that new man, if I'm, if I'm feeding my flesh more than my new man, God, I want you to reveal that to me so that the spirit can be, more, be stronger in my life and I can have the fruit of the spirit. Okay, that's, that's, a, that's a thing that we want to examine. If we want, if we want to have that, That's the lesson to walk away with because if both natures exist in you, this reality is true. I think as Bruce Mason used to say this when we were a next generation, he said, whichever dog you feed the most is the one that's going to win. I know Ronnie Sr. said that before from behind this pulpit, which means probably Ronnie Jr. said this from behind this pulpit. And now Junior, 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 me is saying it from behind the pulpit, okay? I don't know what Junior I am, but I'm there, okay? Saying from behind the pulpit is whichever one you're going to feed is the one that's going to win, so listen, God, youth, I've told you this before. Man, if you're feeding worldly music all the time, worldly movies and worldly stuff, worldly, worldly, all you're getting is worldly junk, guess what? You're feeding your flesh, and that's why your spirit's not winning. Right. We're not feeding the right thing. Right. Remember, they're both at war. So I call it this, whichever one you equip the most is the one that wins. Yeah. Some of you guys got to start handing your spirit a sword and stop handing the flesh a sword. You got to give the spirit a sword and give it a shield and... Give it a machine gun for crying out loud. Just let it win, okay? we got to feed the spirit more than we feed the flesh if we want to know which one's going to actually win to be able to have, listen, the ultimate goal. Because the ultimate goal of this whole study is for us to see what we can have in our walk with the Lord. Guys, I want you to read that fruit. Read it. Do you want that in your life? Do you want to experience that in your life? Because, guys, the Word of God isn't written so to say, hey, look, this is something I'm going to talk about, but you're never going to have. That would be just cruel, wouldn't it? This is something you can have, you can have, when we walk with the Spirit. Read it. Do you want that in your life? Because the reality is you can. That's the joy of this whole study to me, is that, that God's painted a picture for us of what we can have in a relationship 
with him. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for tonight. And Lord, I thank you for uh, even this text and what it introduces to us. I'm thankful for this study and what you want to do in the lives of your people. And God, I pray that if there's one person in this room that through this message, as they examine their life, Lord, they've recognized that the fruit, the fruit of their life is flesh. The fruit of their life is nothing but the lust of the flesh. They're constantly producing things of the flesh and things of the flesh and got nothing of the spirit. God, they don't recognize they're, they're a slave to their sin. God, they don't recognize a battle that's taking place within them of the Spirit of God convicting them of, them of things in their life, reminding them they shouldn't be in that place, they shouldn't be doing that, they shouldn't be saying that, they shouldn't. God, that is the role of your Spirit in us. And God, the greatest thing about your Spirit is he never stops working. He never stops working. I know that we can do a lot of things to try to ignore him, a lot of things to try to make him quiet and try to not hear him. But God, the reality is that you are always working in us. And you've promised us that. That if you live inside us, that you who began a good work in us will see it through to the finish. That means, God, you're going to finish it. You're never going to stop working. So God, I pray that you'd help every person in this room as we examine our heart to see the fruit of our life. First, to ask us, God, do I, do I possess that battle? Is that battle taking place in my life? But I know a lot of people have come to me in counseling and saying, Brother Nathan, I'm so tired of facing the same thing over and over again. I'm just, I'm struggling. But God, I pray that in the midst of that, you'd help them to see that if there was no battle inside their heart, there'd be no struggle at all. They'd be a slave to that sin. God, I pray that we'd see the battle that's taking place in us, even if we feel like sometimes we're losing. But God, that we'd see that battle in us and that you'd assure us of our place with you, assure us of whether or not we belong to you. And then, God, for those that, God, as we, if we recognize that you're not there, Lord, I pray that tonight would be the night of salvation. God, what a, what a way to celebrate, what a way to, to worship, God, is to see you move in somebody's life, for you to work through your spirit to open their eyes to see their need for you. But, God, as believers, I pray that tonight we walk away encouraged. God, encouraged, not because we, we're not without sin, because none of us are. But, God, encouraged that there's a battle waging in us. Encouraged because you're showing us that you are working in us. Encouraged because you desire for us to live in the fruit of the Spirit, to live this type of life. And that you promise us because that you've mentioned it that we can live that way if we simple follow, simply follow what you tell us in your word. God, I love you. I thank you for your promises. I thank you that they're, they never fall short, God. They're always true. And God, this is a life we can have, and it's not a life we have to wait for. This isn't something you're telling us we're going to experience when we're in heaven. God, it's something that we can have here on earth. And I pray it would become a reality in all of our lives. It's your name that I pray. Amen. Guys, I thank you for um, being attentive tonight. I'm going to invite you just to stand together. Um, maybe I'm the only one excited about this study, but I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited what I think it could do in your life. Uh, guys, the word of God, when it comes alive, and it empowers. Uh, but maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And it's a Wednesday night. You're like, well, it's the faithful that comes on Wednesday night. Yes, but the Bible also says there's a whole lot of people that will stand before him. that will say that, Lord, we did all kinds of things in your name. We preached in your name. We cast out demons in your name. And he'll look at them and say, I, I never knew you. Depart from me. Because it's not about our religion. It's not about all the good things that we do. It's about whether or not we have a relationship with him that we see evident in the battle that takes place daily with sin. Our flesh still exists, but praise God, now the spirit comes alive and he begins to battle against that flesh. Do you see it happening? Do you see it in you? If you do, be encouraged. Be encouraged. I know it's tiring. I know you're like, man, I'd sure like to have more victories than I'm having. But thank God the battle's happening, right? Thank God it's there. Because it's evident that God's working. He's in you. All we got to do is start feeding the right one. Okay? So if you're here tonight, you don't know Jesus, I would love to share the gospel with you, how you can come to know him in a personal way. Most of you in this room, you've probably heard it and you know what you need to do. You just need to step forward and do it. Okay? Or maybe you're here tonight and you just want to, you just want somebody to pray with you about something. That's what we're here for. Guys, we're just a family. We all struggle. We all go through things and we want to be here for you. So if you'd like somebody to pray with you about something, 
you just come to this altar and somebody will come to you and just ask you if, if you want to pray with them and, and they'll just pray with you, okay? But if God's speaking to you, I encourage you, you come, all right? Don't wait for somebody else. As they lead us in something softly, if God's speaking to you, you come. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. If God's speaking to you, you come. Oh my soul. Worship if God's speaking to you, you come.
worship his holy name sing like never before oh my soul i worship your holy name the sun love you people. love just having this opportunity to be able to be together. Hope that you'll be encouraged and, and spread the word. Tell those people, hey, I know you can come to church, but just come once a month. How about that? Bring them on a Wednesday night once a month. Let's see what happens. See if we can change their life. Because then they get excited and they'll be like, hey, that wasn't so bad. And you can say, hey, if you come every Wednesday night, you can actually go through First Peter. We're in First Peter still, right? 
How did I know that? <laughs> okay. All right. I'll remind you a couple things. Students, I do want to remind you of just a few things. Disciple Now Weekend, if you saw in the back of your paper, Disciple Now Weekend, March 6th and 7th. Uh, you'll be able to register for that even online next week. Uh, there'll be some physical forms. Probably easier to do that online. Again, um, if you were able to fill out a medical release form for the lock-in, if you actually filled one of those out or you filled one out uh, for the trip uh, when we went to the winter trip, uh, you don't have to fill out another one. Those are good for a year, so it would be a whole lot easier to fill that out. Uh, but the D-NOW weekend, and then I also wrote on there, the first promise practice, okay, is that seventh, okay, and we always work around that. We do D now, and then we have practice, and then we kind of finish it out. I'm saying that because you guys need to sign up, all right? You tell me, Brother Nathan, I'm going to be in the promise this year, and I've gone and looked, and some of you didn't sign up, which means you're not going to be in the promise this year, okay? So make sure you sign up, all right? Sign-up's right back there. You can go out that door, sign your name, get used to that. Uh, even if you don't know how to do a signature, it's okay. You can use print, all right? Just make sure that you get signed up. It's an exciting thing to be a part of, exciting way of sharing the gospel, and you get to be right there in the mix of it. So I encourage you to, to do that as well, okay? All right, Brother Ronnie. Oh, I brought all right, hello, all right. What a great start to a great study. Looking forward to it. One of, probably one of the most found, one of the great foundational text of scripture in all the Bible and I encourage you to be here just that one Wednesday night to come be be here and uh, be a part of, of this one uh, first start of the month uh, Wednesday night as brother Nathan shares on the fruit of the spirit what a great time I want to um, just remind you tomorrow at two o'clock uh, is a funeral service for uh, our friend Corey Clark and that's at Grace Fellowship Church in Paducah at two o'clock tomorrow and so I want to remind you of that, those who may uh, be able to be a part of that. And secondly, I want to share something, some, some sad news on our, on our behalf, uh, but that our head custodian, Brother David Bowling, uh, that he resigned this week. And um, so under some you know, personal situations in his own life, so I ask you to pray for David. And uh, we love David. He's a fixture around here. And uh, we thank God for the great service that he's provided here. Uh, for 25 years and and so I just wanted to make you aware of that and so that you can just encourage him and love him uh, in these days in his life all right and then so be praying as we look for that person to, to fulfill that role uh, coming up next all right and so those are things that need our prayers for sure and uh, so you know God's got a plan for all that and we're going to trust him in it all and so uh, let's join hands together tonight and we're going to be dismissed in prayer. And uh, I'll tell you what, tonight my, my heart uh, was blessed in a huge way by some of our young people tonight. And I thank God for our young people. And uh, let's give them a hand before we hold hands, all right? <laughs> Amen. I wish you could see what I see tonight. It's an awesome group on this Wednesday evening. Turn around. Turn around and look. That's awesome, isn't it? Now, you in the back, it don't work. You look this away, all right? All right. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can come.